0: You may have a seat. I want to look at a couple pictures. Uh, yeah, this first one, this is uh, South Padre Island's Ocean Tower. Now, you probably have actually never seen it. Um, you've definitely never stayed in it. It was uh, designed to be a, it was a 31-story building designed for high-end condos. But the the construction didn't actually go into uh, completion because they found foundation problems in 2008. So in 2009, after after trying to figure out some things with the soil and learning that it was just, uh, the soil was compacting down and it was sinking, it was starting to lean, so they destroyed it in 2009. Didn't make it very long. The next one here is a Transcona grain elevator. Yep, this, uh, this is actually, you may not have heard of it because it was a long time ago. It was a grain storage facility used by the Canadian uh, Pacific Railway. It didn't even last a day before the foundation problem surfaced. On October 18, 1913, the building began to settle as grain was moved indoors. In the first hour after unloading, the building sank one foot to the ground. By the next day, the building was 27 degrees west, or tilted, uh, so that, that that wasn't really uh, a good, good place to put your, uh, your grain, I guess. Um, it was because of the foundation, again, extremely unstable. They realized it happened that way because it was constructed on stratified clay, which contain layers of silt salt throughout the layers of clay. You probably have heard of this next one. Yeah, it's actually, I think people think it's supposed to be that way. Uh, it's the Leaning Tower of Pisa. If I'm, is it Pisa or Pisa? It's it Pisa. That that right? Thanks, teacher. Um, and uh, it was it was built on marsh um, or mud, and it didn't have the proper foundation, and it was not able to remain stable, and it would lean 1 of an inch every year and eventually it was too far and they had fears of it falling over so actually they've used ropes to stabilize it and uh, have done a form of soil extraction to try to keep it from uh, tipping over completely but I, w- I would say they probably don't want it to be fixed completely just because that's the only reason people go to, to Pisa I think um, but anyway the next one this one had issues that were hidden bef- uh, until it was too late this is the, the Surfside condo, uh, the collapse that happened uh, in June of uh, June 24th of 2021. Part of the slab dropped into the parking garage below. Within minutes, the east wing of the 13-story tower collapsed, killing 98 people. They're still investigating what caused it, but some engineers pointed to the foundation. A Wall Street jo- Journal report concluded. They said the original builder skipped waterproofing in areas where salt water could seep into concrete. Uh, available evidence indicates. They put the building's structural slabs on thin columns without the support of beams in some places. They installed too few of the special heavy walls that help keep buildings from toppling, engineers say, features that could have limited the ex- extent of the damage. And they appeared to have put too little concrete over rebar in some places, not enough rebar in other places. As we, as we wrap up our Faith That Matters series, We've gone through Matthew chapter 7 and looked at different texts between verses 13 and 27, and uh, not, we didn't really go in order, but we looked at three different ideas, well, two so far, uh, this, this idea of having a strong faith. And so the first week was a faith that saves. Uh, we, we want a, a faith that saves. The second one last week was a faith that produces. I don't want my faith just to be a faith that saves me, but I want it to make a difference now and in the lives of the people around me. So how does that happen? Well, we talked about that, uh, that last week, and if you want to know those first two, you can listen to our uh, ser- services online. So go back and listen. I'm not going to repeat it all. You should have been here. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, but, but really, if you want to go back and look, if, uh, anyway. Uh, and then today is A Faith That Stands. Um, and uh, this is the, the one that you could probably guess by the first four pictures. Uh, we are going to talk about what it means to have a strong foundation, because that's how Jesus finished his, what people call the Sermon on the Mount, the most powerful sermon. It's Matthews chapter 5, 6, and 7. And, and I talked about this the first week. I will repeat just a little bit here. Um, we looked at, I think it was almost 40 different ideas that Jesus talked about. Things like um, uh, making promises, and worrying, and parenting, and, and marriage, and just all the things that we think about. It basically living, everyday life. And he talks about what that looks like. And then he comes to the very end, and he, ha- and he finishes with a story. And it, it's, that's what he did the whole time. It, it's just full of illustrations and stories. And he talks about two types of people. And it doesn't mean that some people had integrity and some people had character. It's responses. Some people responded to Jesus' words one way, and some people responded to Jesus' words another way. And that's how he finishes this, because it's really important how we respond to what he said. And so if you would put the scripture on the screen, thank you. Uh, this is Matthew chapter 7, and I separate it here for a reason. On the left side is verses 24 and 25, and these do, do define or describe someone who's called a wise man. And then on the right side is verses 26 and 27. So if you were reading through your Bibles, it would just go right in order. And these words describe someone that is called a foolish man. That's why I put those at the top. And so I'm just going to read through it, and then we're going to look at the similarities and differences. So I'm just going to, actually, I don't think I'm in your way, but I want to read along with you here. It says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine that does not put them into practice, is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Now, the reason I wanted it to be up here like this is because when you read this, it's okay. Well, you have got the wise man and the foolish man, and so they're probably completely different. There's probably nothing uh, similar about them. That's actually not true. In this story here, if you could go to the next slide, all the words in white are the exact same things. You see, everyone who hears these words of mine, both the wise man and the foolish man heard the words. They were both in church on Sunday, is the best way I could think of it. They both went to the same Bible study. They both read the same devotion. Both both people looked at it and said, oh yeah, I, I, hear, I, know, I get what he's saying. And then we'll talk about the differences in a little bit. Both of them, it says, built his house. He who built his house. In this story, that's building a life. Both of them built a life, a legacy, a faith. Both of them were were going through just like us. You walk out of here and you've got, maybe you have a job or a family or you have hobbies, you have friends, we have relationships, we have all these things. We're all going through life. Both of them were doing that. There's no difference between the wise man and the foolish man. It says the rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house. That's the wise man. But then you go to the foolish man, the rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house. They both had storms. Now, if you think about this, you might think, well, the foolish man would have storms, but why would the wise man? Because we don't always create the storms in our lives. We might have a, a diagnosis of some kind that was no, no fault of our own. We might have a job loss that was no fault of our own. We might be suffering of some, kind, you know, some kind of addiction, um, or we know someone, we're helping someone. Both the wise man and the foolish man both went through life and there were storms because that's what happens in life. Jesus didn't say, if you're, if you're the wise man, then everything will be perfect. I know that's, there's a, a, a phrase for that, the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel. If you believe in Jesus, if you go to church, then you're going to be healthy and you're going to have a lot of money and, and everything's going to be perfect. Jesus didn't say that. He said, there's two men. They both go through storms. It's life. I'd like to think that we have all wise people in here. I'd like to think that. But from this sermon, from, from the, a couple of weeks ago, we looked at the, the wide path that leads to destruction and the, the narrow path that leads to life. And he says there are a lot of people on that wide one. And he's talking to religious people. He's talking to, to people who are hearing his words. And, and so the, the truth is, some people are going to walk out of here and you're going to be foolish. And even, even a person today, and I, I know this is a story and it looks like, okay, this is always one person and that's always one person. The truth is sometimes I walk out of here and I'm the wise man and I, I make good decisions and I put Jesus' words into my life and I try to apply them. And then sometimes I walk out of here and you would say, why would he do something so dumb? He's, that was pretty foolish. It's all of us. The storms, uh, the putting it into practice, it's not separating the people. It's separating the outcome of responding to Jesus. Like I said last week, uh, we, are, we are coming out of, we're in the middle of, or we're heading into a storm. Those storms aren't going to stop. We don't always cause them, but we endure them. As Jesus closes his sermon, he acknowledges the trials are going to happen. They're going to happen to every single one of us. But how do we respond? Because we do not have to be overcome by the trials. Big differences. Big um, differences. Yeah, there we go. Uh, you'll, you'll see the same thing. There are All those simulators are kind of hidden. You might still be able to read them, but the differences are in white. The wise man puts them into practice like a wise man. No, he puts them into practice on the rock. The foolish man does not put them into practice. He puts them, uh, he's, he's on sand. The other difference, it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock and it fell with a great crash. The differences are very minor. There's, not, there's actually not much of a difference between the wise man and the foolish man. The foolish man, um, the, the, uh, the Greek word, um, it actually means dull or stupid. And uh, it actually is where we get the word moron. It's M-O-R-O. So basically he said there's wise people and there's morons. I'm really glad our Bible didn't word it that way. Um, but it was a warning. It was a warning from Jesus to all those who heard him talk about faith and obedience to God and love for one another and life. He said, here's, here's life, you're going to make decisions, there's going to be storms, and something's going to happen, a result. It's either going to crash down or it's going to stand. And he, he wanted us to, uh, to hear his words. The one who built his house on, on the rock, which is on Jesus, on his truths, on his words, on his love, on his grace, on his mercy, it stood. But the one who built his house on the sand, anything else, Build, your, build your, your, your security, your trust on anything else in life. I, if, I, if I let my, my job or my money or my relationships, if I build my, my identity and my foundation on those and things are going well in all those right now, so I'm standing strong, it's going to crash at some point. That's what happens. Those are the storms. We all want that faith that saves. That doesn't happen because of, of what we do. That, that happens because we trust the one who did everything that was necessary, the one who died on the cross for our sins and rose to new life. That's a faith that saves, a faith that produces, that's responding. Do I trust Jesus and do I obey him? Because if I don't, if I don't really trust him, I'm not going to obey him. I'm going to crash. We want a faith that stands. Not just that carries us through life when things are going well, but when the bad news happens, when the, when the hardship happens, can I stand? That's what this is about. That's what he offers us with these words. And as you can see, uh, it's okay. It's it's very simple. It's, it's, not, it's not much. I mean, you're going to live life. Are you going to put my words into practice, Jesus' words into practice, or not? We want this unshakable faith. That's what Jesus is offering. And so he says, put, put my truth into practice. He doesn't say, just think about it. See, you might like what you read. You might read a, a story in the Bible and think, man, this is powerful, this is really good. You might hear a sermon occasionally and think, man, that, that really touched my heart, or that, that, that mattered, that hit home, and then walk out and don't do anything by putting Jesus' words into practice. It doesn't do anything. You got to do it now. Uh, you might say, well, I plan to do it someday. I'm going to keep building up my, my security now in, in my life. Eventually, I'm going to give it all back to God someday. What happens when the storm comes before someday comes? What happens when when the storm comes, but I'm not ready yet? Because someday, when I put my my faith in Jesus, well, it's it's too late. One stood and one fell. I I want to uh, I do want to read um, some scripture from a couple weeks ago, because uh, when uh, in our scripture today, verse twenty four, it starts out it says therefore, and so that means there's something before it. Uh, as, as to what this leads or comes from, what it stems from. And so this is a story that came um, right before what we looked at today. It said, not, Jesus said, not everyone, I'm sorry, it said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons? And in your name perform many miracles? And then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you, Away from me, you, you evildoers. See, people said, hey, we served you. We did things in your name. And, and he says, I never knew you, which really what he's saying is, you didn't know me. You didn't have a relationship with me. Why would we trust someone? Why would we have a faith that helps us through life and trust Jesus if we don't know him? We have to get to know him. We have to do it now. We have to build our house, our life on his words because he's proven trustworthy. We don't do it now, it's, it's going to be pretty tough to do it in the storm. Um, has, anyone, has anyone poured concrete in here? You, can you raise your hand? if uh, we got a, Okay, we got some here. Um, have, you, have you poured a, a concrete foundation? Has anybody laid a foundation? Yeah, you, you have. The teacher does everything. Uh, you should come up here. Um, <laughs> no, you don't really have to. Uh, but, so let me ask, because I've never, I don't think I've ever poured a concrete foundation. Um, maybe I've helped with stuff, but I don't think I've actually done it to where I have to know what I'm doing. Can you do it when it's raining? No, it doesn't set. See, and that's, that's what he's trying to say. Uh, that, that's what I'm trying to say. That If we put the words into practice, before the storm comes, when it's, when it's not raining, you want that foundation to set. You build your house, then you build your life on it, and then when the storms come, okay, it's still standing. But if you wait, if you wait till the storm's here, it's really hard. I'm not, I'm not saying it's impossible. It might actually be to, to lay the concrete, the rain, I'm not saying it's impossible to build our faith during a storm, but it's just a lot harder. We need that foundation set before the storm comes. See, if you were to drive to both the wise man and the foolish man's house, you wouldn't notice a big difference probably on a nice sunny day. If you talked to the man, you'd probably think, eh, they're, both, they're both good guys, both seem pretty similar. It would only be in that storm that you would see a difference. That's when, we see the, that, that's when the, the storm reveals how strong our faith really is how strong our foundation is. As long as the sun is shining, whatever. But when that storm comes, what's your foundation? Are you going to be like one of those buildings that comes crumbling down? Our faith might be pretty strong, but in the hardest moments, can we still trust Jesus? I don't have a picture of this one, but in 2007, the I-35 bridge that crosses the Mississippi River in Minneapolis collapsed suddenly during rush hour, killing 13 people and injuring 145. The investigation revealed that the gusset plates that connected girders together in the truss system were undersized, resulting in a structural flaw leading to its collapse. A year after the tragedy, the New York Times summarized what went wrong. They said the designers had specified a metal plate that was too thin to serve as a junction of several girders, investigators say. The bridge was designed in the 1960s and lasted 40 years, but like most other bridges, it gradually gained weight during that period, as workers installed concrete structures to separate eastbound and westbound lanes, and made other changes, adding strain to the weak spot. See, that bridge was strong enough when it was made. It seemed like it was fine when there wasn't too much, uh, uh, well, there wasn't too many cars, too much traffic, too much weight. But when the when the pressure, when the weight of life started to, uh, you know, to add, then it buckled. That's us when I, when the weight of life starts uh, to to really. Um, Uh, you know, put a lot of pressure on us and stress and wait. and then do we just say, forget it. I I tried. I tried to follow you, God, but now it's too much, so I'm going to do it my way. The foundation's not there. There's a, a parable. This isn't in the Bible. This is just an old story of an old dog that fell into a farmer's well. After assessing the situation, the farmer sympathized with the dog but decided that neither the dog nor the well were worth the trouble of saving I got to stop there. That's terrible. How would you not save your dog? I mean, sad. If it was a couple of cats, you know, 20, 30. (laughs) Instead, he planned to bury the old dog in the well and put him out of his misery. So when the farmer began shoveling, initially the old dog was hysterical. But as the farmer continued shoveling and the dirt hit his back, a thought struck him. It dawned on him that every time the shovel load of dirt landed on his back, he could shake it off and step up. He did this blow after blow. Shake it off, step up, shake it off, step up, step up. No matter how painful the blows or how distressing this moment was, the the old dog fought panic and just kept shaking it off and stepping up. It It was not long before the dog, battered and exhausted, stepped triumphantly over the wall of the well. What seemed as though it would bury him actually benefited him all because of the way he handled his adversity. I share that story for a reason. Um, This week I've been around some people that have been hurting in different ways. Um, Multiple people, different uh, different situations, all completely different. Um, but, But when I was thinking about them and I was thinking about this story, I didn't want to forget about the farmer in the story. See, even with a strong foundation, sometimes we need someone to help us hold the house up. Even if we already have a strong foundation, that storm can blow pretty hard. Sometimes maybe we're not going to crumble, but we need someone just to support us. And why I'm saying this is as Christians, if, if we have a strong foundation or we're not in a storm right now, maybe we go alongside someone else and we help them. We help them to, uh, to, to stand a little bit through this storm because we all need help. It doesn't matter if you feel like you have a strong foundation. Sometimes a storm can be really tough and it's really scary. And, and yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray and I'm going to trust God through this, but then sometimes I want to I wanna work through it on my own and I want to use that logic to get through this situation. Sometimes I need someone to come along and say, hey, it's going to be okay. You're going to be fine. You're going to get through this and, you, and I got your back. We need that sometimes. We're not meant to live life alone. Storms, though, have a way of making us forget been in a hard, uh, a scary storm. Uh, have you ever got caught driving in a storm? And sometimes we just, we just forget a little bit. That's what happens. That's what happened in a story with the disciples. They're with Jesus in a boat. I heard this at the leadership conference last week. They were in a boat and there was a storm and, uh, and they kind of forgot Jesus said, we're all going to the other side because the storm was overwhelming. When, when Peter uh, told Jesus to get out of the boat and walk on water, he did. He had faith. that tells me his foundation was pretty strong. But as he starts walking towards Jesus, he took his eyes off of him, and he started looking at the waves and the wind, and everything got really scary, and he started to sink. The waves, the storm, had a way of making him forget. A big reason we come to church on a, on a weekly basis, if possible, is, is because we want to remember that's what's going to help us get through this. I, I need to remember that when I face a storm, who is God? I need to remember that, that the cross is not just a symbol. It's not just for fun. It was the opposite of fun. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Death, the thing that we probably fear the most at times, when you're going through the storm, a lot of times the end is death. That's what we think. But he conquered that because death couldn't hold him down. So my God is a God who is loving. He's willing to die for me. He's willing to suffer for me, but he's also powerful to raise from the dead. That's what we have to remember as we go through the storms. It's not about the next day or the day after that. We've got a loving God who eternally will love us. It'll be okay. There was a follower named Paul. Um, he was uh, a man who started a lot of churches. He lived through a lot of storms while, while serving Jesus. And he said something, and I, and I read this, I was just thinking about something, and I read it, and I thought, man, that's almost exactly what Jesus said in the in this story that we looked at today. And then I went into a commentary, and it said uh, that these are words that were very similar to Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1, Matthew 7, 24 to 27, and Philippians 4, 4 through 9, all very similar words written by different people at different times because they're true. It says, that he said this, Paul said this. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. Now, stop for a second. Rejoice in the Lord always. That is hard to do. Rejoice in the Lord when you're sick, when someone you love is sick, uh, when you've lost your job, when, uh, when um, you watch someone suffer. Rejoice in the Lord always. Not sometimes, but always. That's hard. I will say it again, rejoice. Okay, it must really matter. He said it twice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Also, going through a storm, don't be anxious, please. I mean, that, that's not easy. So how do we do this? The next verse, i got to be honest, it's one of those church verses that I read. I, and I say it's kind of churchy, you just read it, and it's like, okay, now I want to get to something that I can apply that's going to make a difference right now. And, and over and over, I've read this, and I, honestly, I've, I've seen it, but I've never spent much time on this verse before, but I, I think this is the one that holds it all together. It's verse 7, it says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I don't know, it just kind of seems like a, that's like the end of a paragraph, and now he's going to move on to something else. But when you're in the storm, how can you rejoice You're not going to rejoice because of what's around you. How do do we do this? How does he say to to rejoice always? The peace of God, that's what we're after in this, which transcends all understanding. It makes us think differently. We'll guard your hearts and your minds. How? In Christ Jesus. In the cross. In the resurrection. I I don't give him much thought, but that's the thing that we have to think about more than anything else. I think about the storm, if I think about the consequences, if I weigh this with this, I'm not going to rejoice. I'm going to be anxious about it. I might pray about it. But when I remember who God is, that's what carries me through the storm. How do we do it? Just like Jesus said, put the words into practice. Paul says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, First he says, think about such things. Okay, you you come to church, you read your Bible, you're hearing it. Now what? Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, think about it, just like Jesus said after he preached all that stuff to him, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. How do we get this peace? We trust Jesus and we do what he says. A faith that stands It looks like someone who can always rejoice, someone who has lived by putting these words into practice and experiences the peace of God who willingly gave his son on the cross for us, who rose from the the grave, and who showed us that there's nothing that he can't handle. Let's pray. Father, I I thank you for every word of your scripture. I thank you specifically today uh, for... Uh, for matthew's words in in uh, recorded, um for Jesus' words recorded in the book of Matthew. I thank you that that uh, Matthew was a follower um, who who lived a life uh, uh, with broken relationships as a tax collector, He was considered a traitor and hated, and yet he started following Jesus and his life changed. And so I pray for for every person here that we would consider following you and trusting you and obeying you, even in the times when it doesn't make sense, even when it's really hard when the storms are going on, or when things are great and we just don't really want to. God, I pray that you would give us the wisdom and the discipline to do it now, not because uh, you, need, you need servants or peasants, but because you love us and you want us to have fulfilling lives. And so I pray that you would give us uh, what we need right now uh, to, uh, to live a life that would be honoring to you and, and glorifying to you, but also a life that would um, be good for those around us. Uh, so that we can bring light to this dark world. We thank you for Jesus, and it's his name we pray. Amen.